Welcome to Discover Abercorn, the podcast where we talk to staff, to parents and to pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, our very first, we're speaking to the headmaster, Chris Hammond. We're about to find out what the approach is to teaching at Abercorn. We talk about how the children are when they're in school during the school hours. And we talk about the difference it'll make seeing the children go from nursery age up to, well, up to leaving for university eventually. But we also find out much in between too, such as what happens in school, what the children talk about over lunch, why it'll make such a difference the school increasing its range as a through school, and we talk about equality, diversity and inclusion. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we discover Abercorn and speak to the headmaster, Chris Hammond. Chris, thank you for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing today? No, I am well, thank you. Uh, it's uh, it's a busy day, but I always say that every minute of a school day should be full of sixty very busy seconds for the pupils. So I should I should uh, live by that philosophy. It's a good approach to take. And here we are at ten to ten to twelve, so very late morning. Lunch is coming. Does a head get a chance to stop for lunch? Yes, a head does, and a head should, as as everyone should. For you know, you should have three square meals a day. So I will have lunch with the children later and particularly for, as the role of the head, I think it is important to have lunch with the children because I, I don't have the privilege of having regular or daily contact necessarily with the children on an ongoing basis through through lessons or, or breaks or clubs. I see them at sort of larger scale events. So it's a chance for me to catch up, you know, talk to them about things that I know are going on in their lives. Conversations can vary. Football is quite quite popular, as, as was always the way. But I had a conversation the other day about uh, with a girl about Moby Dick, which she had attempted to read, and I am now wading my way through. I love it. I, you know, I love hearing about what a head gets up to, and the idea of you sitting down at lunchtime and talking to some of the pupils about things like Moby Dick is is fantastic. Chris, how did you get into education in the first place? When you were at school, is this something you knew you were going to be doing? No, not always. I mean, my mum was a, was a physio. My dad was an insurance agent, which is a job which doesn't exist anymore. And so there's no not really any education in the in the family. When I was at school, enjoyed school. I was lucky that when I was in sixth form, in particular, I had two very inspirational history teachers, uh, Mrs. Alison Shaw, Mr. Stephen Drew, uh, who became famous on the uh, one of the earliest uh, educating Essex. He was the deputy head, and that um, ended up after he was at my school. That's where he went to, Passmore's High. Um, and when I was there, I thought this might be interesting. So I, as part of our sixth form program, you had to do sort of community work. Uh, I volunteered to be a teaching assistant in some you know, with the younger children, year seven or so, enjoyed it. Then when I went to read history, uh, naturally, having had those two teachers perhaps, uh, when I went to read history at York, there was something called the Student Tutoring Programme, which is now a national scheme, but started off at the University of York. And I did that in all three years of my my time at York. Thought about various things, law being one of them, but decided that maybe sitting behind a desk wasn't for me, which has a slight irony, given what I do for some of my day now. So I went to study for PGC in secondary history at Bristol University. I taught in the maintained sector there for two years. And then when I moved to London, moving with my partner, another mother of my daughter, I was interviewed and got a job at a, at a prep school, which was my first experience either personally or as a job as independent education. And then have sort of grown within that system, had a couple of deputy head roles, 
Uh, and this is my this is my second headship. And you seem to be enjoying it so far. So all good. You mentioned about spending some of your time sitting behind a desk. I imagine that the rest of your time you spend out with the children. How do you get the balance right between, you know, doing the kind of the office work or being ahead versus, you know, I'm not saying that you're not ahead when you're out with the children, of course, but, you know, just spending time in the school environment with the children. One thing, oh, one of the many things I hated about COVID, uh, which is sort of mine, it was number one, remote education, which what everyone says about other industries and schooling and, it, and its benefits does not work for schools, does not work for children. Children need face-to-face contact, not only for their well-being, but their development, academic needs, pastoral needs. So that was a real frustration when I started this role because I happened to start my role at Abercorn in September 2020. So country's just come out of lockdown, but then it's had a summer of help out to eat out then you're going into that light lockdown, but schools were still operating, then a full lockdown. So that first year, two years was really disrupted because I had the potential to be a super spreader within a school, which is, that. I mean, that was the most important thing within that period is that no one got sick and no one got seriously sick. So the balance there was not a good balance. You know, I was behind a desk, even if I was speaking to the children. So you fit in what you need to do and there's going to be some you know, office and desk work, but obviously some of that you can pack outside of the school day because for teachers and for heads, the school day is not 8 till 4.30 and it never has been. And then things like making sure you're on the gate in the morning, uh, you know, chatting to parents and children, seeing them at lunch is a key one. Uh, you obviously come across them then, you know, with lesson observations and just sort of wandering the corridors. But you, you have a privilege as a head that your time is the most elastic. It might be the busiest, although I would say that a deputy head is possibly even busier. But your time's so elastic, you you can just drop in on things. Uh, so I think that's important that you, you do have the contact with the children. And it's really nice that it's now back. Tell me then about your approach to teaching. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking as well about not just your own connection that you have with the children, but the approach that the school has to teaching. Yeah, so we're, we're proudly non-selective. We've got a diverse cohort. I, I don't understand how you select when the children are very young. That's, that's really challenging. So... We've got a really diverse range of children, which I think adds real, you know, quality and character to the school. So meeting the needs of all the children is the most important thing. And at Abercorn, I'm more interested in effort than attainment. Attainment's really important. Of course it is. One of the advantages of a through school is that you don't need to have that. Well, you do have it formally assessed, but in terms of onward routes, not until you're, you know, until you're 16. So we want all the children to work really hard. And that comes through having impassioned teachers, interesting lessons, a diverse curriculum as well. All the children here have yoga. We swim to quite an old age, as it were, for children, which is not the case in all schools. Music and drama uh, add real richness. We've got a fantastic art teacher. You know, all of those things. So I think whatever the subject is, we just want the children to be interested, enjoying themselves and having fun and if they're if they're happy the the rest will fall into place normally now you mentioned about being a through school just for the sake of anyone listening to this who's thinking what does this through school actually mean just tell us for a moment of course so uh schools largely there are there are differences are split into primary and secondary uh, middle schools now being which i went to being a thing of the past so a primary school normally finishes at year six when the children are 11 a prep school would have finished when the children are in year eight 13 and then they go on to a secondary in a through school which we are and we're a through school which takes from two years which is slightly unusual it means that they can 
stay at the same school for their entire educational life. Uh, we do have two buildings. We have our um, lower school, which is nursery to year two and one building over in uh, St. John's Wood. And then we have our seniors, which is year three and up, uh, where I'm sitting at the moment, which is uh, Paddington Street, uh, which is in, in Paddington, not too far from Baker Street. So the advantage of that is there is not an assessment, an external assessment as the children um, the children move through. So that allows us to concentrate on the, the character and the, the quality of, of that character of the children and, and develop them as rounded, holistic individuals. And I imagine as the children go through the school on their school journey, they really get to know the teaching staff there. The teaching staff really get to know the children as well. Yeah. So you you remember things from when they were younger as opposed to when they're older and those you know their their strengths, their areas for development, and it means that when you get to you know GCSE, if you've known how they've got on or you know, whatever it might be, you know, things that they found challenging or really enjoyed you know, earlier on in their school life, then you can really look at that and help build the curriculum, that personalised curriculum which we are able to do. You know, you know with small class sizes, you can really bespoke that learning. Uh, into groups for individual children. Okay, so being a through school then, you go from very young children, age two, I think you said, up to up to what age right now? So currently we're year nine, so the, the oldest children would become 14 when they're in year nine. Uh, we're organically growing the school, so next year they'll be year 10, so up to 15. And the year after they'll be year 11, taking the GCSEs, and that'll be up to 16. Okay, so currently the year nines are the oldest, but next year they'll be year 10. They'll still be the oldest because... There's nobody older than them right now. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So they've got that that position, leadership, responsibility, and uh, there's uh, one member of our year nine have, has been at the school since he was in nursery. So that's really nice. Gosh, that's fantastic. That really is. So tell me why the school's going through this change then. Many schools across country have to make the decision if they're preps. Year six is a very traditional transition point. If you're a prep school and go to year thirteen, there's always that risk that you lose children at, at year six, and there's something in not just London because Kent have it as well and, and, and Buckinghamshire the 11 plus and the pressures of those exams and the one of the reasons that we've moved to be a through school is there's an option there where you don't have to have that the pressures of those exams because they're challenging exams the children and we've always prepared children well we've got a very good track record of of those children getting good results but by not having that pressure you can focus on them actually learning rather than teaching uh, teaching to a test obviously there still needs to be a bit of preparation for exams because you might have children that are going to sit those tests but it's in terms of making those those decisions and also if you're through school going up to uh, you know GCSE or A level for the parents well why would you leave if you're if you're happy at the school and your child is happy and that's the most important thing is that the child is happy hopefully will be persuading parents to stay. Now, of course, the school is based in London. Uh, are, are most of the families also living in London and and quite close to the school? Being central London, we have a mix between um, what we call local families and international families. The reason we use the term local is that we might have a child who is British, you might have two parents that are not British. So they all obviously live in the capital, but some may spend time abroad when they're on holidays because they might be... Um, you know, from, from the Middle East or Africa or, or India. Uh, we've got a lot of families in St. John's Wood because that's where the lower school is and the majority, our primary intake, um, has always been into the lower school. We've also got an expanding number of children who come from Fitzrovia and Paddington because that's now based around where the, the new senior site is, particularly those children who might join in year seven. 
who see it slightly differently. We've got the odd child who lives outside the M25 who travels in, but largely speaking, they're all NW postcodes or, you know, WC or whatever it might be in terms of the locality. And I'm guessing that from now on, you'll be not just seeing increasing numbers in year 10 and year 11 in the future, for example, because they're brand new years for the school. But I'm going to guess, am I presuming right if I said that more children will start joining the school in year seven, maybe they've been somewhere else, and year seven being a natural new entry point for the school for children that want to go all the way through to A-levels. Yeah, so we are seeing that in increasing numbers. So we've actually got a girl at the moment who's on assessment, I think, for year eight. So we're seeing that now that they want to come in, obviously they'll be coming in to then look to take their GCSEs with us. And it's an exciting time to, to join the school because, I mean, we're bespoking our options this year with a small year nine, we're looking at the needs of those children, as you should always do with options, mm. um, and that what what that means to them. We're also very proud that we've got a, a developing Ukrainian community. A lot of those children are actually the, what happens to be how the cards have fallen. Those are older children, so year seven and above. We've got that developing community, and we're really pleased to be able to offer that because obviously I don't know how political I can I can be here, but obviously the the whatever you call it, an illegal invasion. I think all invasions are illegal, aren't they? Uh, that you know, awful thing that's been going on for 12 months with, with Russia invading Ukraine, if that's something we can do to have those children in. And it's also, as with all things London, the way you teach children about diversity is through experience. So, you know, the fact that we've got a wide range of ethnicities, religious beliefs, you know, um, you know a, a wide range of diversity. We're quite, we are strong on EDI adding a, a, a current affair through children and they will be speaking you know informally about you know, the old children know what's happening and so it's also educating the children about that wider world as well which is what a cohort of children would always do naturally so you've mentioned diversity at least twice that i've managed to catch tell me why you think that's important for children in school it's important it, it's always been important it's become even more important i think recently and on people's minds more because of movements like black lives matter and everyone's invited and i'd say parents listening if you don't know what black lives matter or everyone's invited is you should look that up and understand the impact of that but i mean any kind of disrespect for diversity is is, is abhorrent in in my eyes anyway and i we've been pretty public on this we've We've established an EDI, EDI, Equality, Diversity and Inclusion working group, which I formed and then sacked myself from because I happen to be a white heterosexual male. I'm the least diverse person. <laughs> but there's diversity within my family. My my partner is uh, UK born, but a mixture of Filipino and Mauritian. My daughter is mixed race. You know, we've got in the school community, you know, we've got parents, children, staff. We've got diversity in, we'll have diversity in gender and, and, and sexual preference. And if you don't like that, then we're not the school for you. Mm. If you think that you don't like the fact that people can choose their own lifestyle, then what does it really matter to you? You be who you want to be, love who you want to love. Um, and so we've been quite, you know, we've been quite strong on that, and the reaction's been really good. Um, the fact that we are very open about wanting to be um, diverse, and the children are growing up in a diverse world, particularly in London. But if you aren't, you know, introduced to diversity informally through the cohort but also we have very strong pshe curriculum as well to teach about diversity it's about preparing children for the wider world not just 
exams and lessons. And I imagine as well that with the changes that school is going through, then there's going to be more of a need for open discussion amongst children who are finding themselves or starting their own journeys, mm, mm. What, whatever journey that might look like as they go through puberty and become a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'd love to understand a bit more about what your thoughts are for the, for the rest of 2023. I mean, we're recording this in the first half of 2023, but how do you see the rest of the year panning out for the school? So we're increasing numbers of parent events, which we can really bring back now. We've got a movie night tonight, which we're hosting here at uh, Senior School After School. Fantastic. What movie are you seeing? I have to ask. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Ah, awesome. So Oscar nominated, but looks really interesting, stop motion. So I think the children will, will enjoy that. Um, and that's through our, with the support of, it's their event really, the Parents Association. I'm very fortunate that we've got a strong Parents Association who are keen and eager. So increasing parental involvement, which is which is really, really great. And also now that, I mean, COVID is, a, is still a thing, of course. But the fact that there is little impact, we can start to actually, our residentials, for example, for the first time in, well, since the summer of 2019, can go abroad. And those are being planned. So I think we're getting back to the way schools should and used to be. But also then thinking about, as all schools should be, no school should stagnate. You know, Where can we make further developments? How can we improve our sports day? How can we improve our teaching and learning? What do we need to do differently? So the the move to our new wonderful site, Paddington Street, you know, gives us that opportunity to think about we've got this wonderful 100-seater theatre now. How do we best utilise that for the children? One thing that's good about schools is you often you often can't see what is what is coming. You know, no one could have predicted. Well, maybe you could, maybe you could. No one possibly could have predicted, you know, an ex- independent school girl would set up everyone's invited and it would uncover a wide range of sexual harassment and abuse, violence in schools. And that would result in a DfE and government report. And that happened so quickly. And that, again, that's a, that's a girl. Well, she's a young woman. She was 22 or 23. So you've got to be, I think, agile enough to be able to deal with any black swan moments as well. You know, COVID was one. We had the other week, um, unfortunately, our local church that we do our school fair and our carol service St Mark's and St John's Wood it was a national news it, it nearly burnt down there was a fire burnt the roof we've obviously given lots of support we're going to fundraise so you've got to be able to build in flexibility in lots of different ways within the school to be able to respond to um, unforeseen circumstance. Chris I'm keeping an eye on time because we, we probably need to bring this episode to a close in a minute but my last question what do you tend to get up to at the weekends or in the evenings when you're not in school what, what does a head's life look like at the weekend it would be no surprise to listeners to say that work is part of it um, so young family my, my my daughter is you know under the age of two so a lot of that's spent with with her and activities and um, and so on so she's a, she's a wonderful little girl we might see friends or family uh probably some swimming um uh might go for a run and then you just it's the time when you do those jobs that you don't have time to to do i think i've got to go and pick up some door handles in ikea or or something like that <laughs> get a hair you know get a haircut you know it's th- those bits and pieces and uh i'm halfway through everything everywhere all at once so i'll probably try and finish that and i might do some reading of moby dick fantastic reading Moby Dick is a great way to end this podcast recording Chris thank you very much for your time Uh, I'm going to release you you can go and enjoy lunch now properly and uh, continue your conversations about Moby Dick (laughs) okay thank you Simon
So that was headmaster Chris Hammond talking to us all about life at the school. Thank you for your time, Chris. So good to talk to you about everything. Now, this is episode one of the school's new podcast channel and episode two will be out soon. That episode isn't with Chris. Instead, we're going to be speaking to Rebecca Stewart and Michelle Malloy in the lower school. That's coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.